on Ruthie's Australia, Ruthie's Roadback, powered by ArcPak. Exploring Australia with you for 40 years. Well, Ruthie's road back this week is going to be Rico's road back because uh, Ruthie's not here and we do thank Rick O'Brien for filling in. You're going to talk about, um, look, the subject today is a beauty. I, I remember when I was up at Cape York and you come across the wrecks up at, up the Cape. Up at Bamiga there, there's yeah, a few, yep. Yeah, and when, you, it's, when you're there and you go and stand around those wrecks, it's it's a bit surreal, isn't it? You, you look at them because they're basically where they landed. Yeah, that's or, right. Or not, or not so much landed, but where they ended up. And you look up at the tree lines and look up and think, is what what it must have been like? These these blokes knew they were in trouble, and the plane has gone down into the bush, and it's a fairly remote place, Cape as it is. You can only imagine what it was like up there, you know, at that time. Yeah, 60, um, 70 years ago, yeah, mate, it was a different place than yeah, what it is now. You yeah. go there now and you stand there, but you're surrounded by roads and yeah, exactly. and traffic and, and things civilization, like that. and civilization basically although a fairly remote civilization but it is still civilization yep. shops and service stations campgrounds and all that sort of stuff but you you, you get there and you, and you, and I just know when I was there it just had a feeling about it you're just looking and thinking well the, you know people perished here and um and you don't know whether they perished straight away or you wonder you know how long were they here with did they try to walk out or what happened I mean but no one found those wrecks for quite some time, mate, and not too many, and, and a lot of people who, who understand Cape York and understand, you know, know the story of that. Not, not too many people know about this one. You're going to tell us about. No, right. This is uh, beautiful, Betsy, mate. So this is located in the Kroombit Tops National Park, which is uh, sort of directly west of, of 1770 and, and Biloela, those sort of areas, a little bit sort of southwest of, of Gladstone. Um, and it's funny that you mention all that stuff in the intro there because that's exactly the feelings that I had when I went and saw beautiful Betsy. Mm. Um, the difference is this is, it, it might sound a bit strange being not too far out of uh, Gladstone, but the feeling is a lot more remote than it is when you go and visit those sites up at Bamiga and, and see those planes because you're not surrounded by roads. You've you, you've had to take some, some pretty decent four-wheel drive tracks to get in there. Uh, and when we were there, we were the only people there. And it was exactly those feelings that came over me, a, a whole bunch of questions. What must have been going through their minds that day when that plane came down? Mm. Uh, they're in some of the most heavily wooded areas that that are around that sort of region, um, which is why the thing lay there undiscovered for so long. So, you know, the plane down on the 2nd of August, no, sorry, it was found on the 2nd of August, my mistake, went missing on the 26th of February, 1945. Now, World War II spanned from September in 1939 through to 1945, and I'll get back to why that's important in just a moment, but... Um, you know, so it was a USA Air Force Liberator bomber from the 530th Bomb Squadron, went missing on the 26th of Feb. There were six Americans and two uh, British soldiers on board, and they were doing what they called a fat cat mission, which is uh, just a fancy, I guess, Air Force way of saying they're just transporting some blokes and supplies. They uh, they left the Fenton Airfield up in the Northern Territory, and they were on their way to Eagle Farm in Brisbane, and I reckon those blokes would have been pretty happy to get out of the Northern Territory mm. in February, mm. um, especially the British guys. I can imagine how hot and sticky it would have been for those blokes in February up in Darwin. Mm. would have been very uncomfortable, so they'd have jumped at the chance. And actually, the, the pilot who decided that uh, he was going to do this trip volunteered for it because this plane had actually been decommissioned. Um, it, it was suffering from, from combat stress, is what they call it. Uh, it was only ever used for really short runs, and, you know, Fenton to Brisbane... In 1945, I reckon would have been a fair old way in one of those old things. 
but uh, yeah, it went missing and lay undiscovered there in the bush for 49 years. Mm. So the ranger, the bloke's name was Mark Rowe, he was out doing some uh, some checking on the results of a controlled burn-off they'd done in the Croombit Tops National Park. Mm. Uh, and over on a ridge, about three ridge lines away, he saw something glinting in the sun, which he hadn't seen before. So he decided that he better go check that out. Uh, it took him three days to get there. That, wow. That's how rough yeah. and rugged and remote the area out there was at the time in 1994. And uh, when he got there, you can just imagine what he must have felt when, when he was the first bloke to find this thing. Yeah, it's incredible. He probably wouldn't have ever known what he found. I mean, uh, when, uh, you, if you've seen the plane, mate, you'll know exactly what it is. There's, yeah. there's quite a, a large chunk of it still intact. Yeah. Oh, no, um, no, I know he knew he found a plane, but yeah. he probably wouldn't have known that it had been there. That, you know, he, he may, may not have known, like, that it was a plane they'd been looking for since 1945. Well, it was, it was the, the last plane to lay undiscovered. Yeah, right. Unbelievable. Um, from World War Two in Australia, which is just you know, bizarre in itself, considering mm. it was 80Ks from Gladstone. Yeah. It, it just blows your mind. But some of the stuff they found there was uh, some dental prosthesis, so false teeth, yeah. for want of a better term. They found 153 bone fragments. Um, you know, the word fragments makes it sound like it must have been a pretty violent crash, and when you see the wreckage, you realise that it was. Uh, there was a variety of personal effects. There was dog tags, bracelets, uh, coins, and, and then they, there's, there's the personal stuff, like gold rings and an aviator's ring. Mm. But, um, one of the interesting things they found: nine expended forty-five caliber rounds. Unbelievable! You know, you, you think, well, has someone let those off, or did you know, was there a fire that's that set them off? You know, you just don't know what went on. Uh, they found some some British buttons, some American buttons, which makes sense. The American British guys that were on board, a razor, uh, a pocket watch, and, and one thing that was significant to me when I was doing some research on this before we went and visited it, there was a nineteen thirty-eight class ring. So one of the blokes when World War II just started, had just finished school. Mm. So that puts it into context, you know, how young and brave these guys were that were, they were out there fighting a war. Mm. Uh, and fair enough, they are on Australian shores at the time, but being an American and British bloke, you'd have to think they'd seen some action somewhere. Mm. Absolutely. Um, and they'd probably just, you know, join the army straight out of school. Yeah, it's incredible. And I mean, to think that they would have been, like you say, they would have been so happy to be getting out of the territory in that time of year. Yeah. Uh, you know, when it's you know, the wet season and it's hot and get yourself over to Brisbane, which they would have been absolutely stoked. And uh, they got so so close but so far away, really. It's amazing. And, and just, you say 80 k's from Gladstone, it just goes to show just how rough that terrain is. And oh, how, it still is. Yeah. It, it's amazing. So um, the wreckage is still there today? Yeah, the wreckage is still there today, mate. Um, you know, when you do visit the area, and, and they encourage you to visit the area, there's a car park there. It's a 20 k loop mm. off the, the Tablelands Road that runs through Croombit Tops. To go and uh, to go and see the the site, and a seven hundred meter walk once you reach the car park, and it's a very somber, sobering experience. But but it's also one that I encourage everyone to go and do because mm. it really is, um, just mind boggling. It really mm. is, uh, and, and it's a it's a war grave. Mm. So you've got to treat it with the respect that it's due when you're there as well. You know, you don't touch any of the artifacts that are left. Mm. Fenced off. I know. The no, one, no, no, it's not. No, you can. Because I know the ones up in Bamiga are fenced. Fenced off. When I say fenced off, they're only like barriers. The, yeah, the main part of the fuselage, mm. the, there's a fence there, but mm. um, yeah, it's like Bamiga. It's it's no big deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I know. Uh, look, I just know when I was in um, when I was at Bamiga and looked at the wrecks there, it was just. It's just like this feeling. It was just like it was just like a feeling in the air. It's you, hard you to explain. You amplify that by a hundred times, and that's yeah. what it's like out here at Croombit Tops because it is that that extra feeling of remoteness. Mm. It's high clearance four wheel drive to get there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible that 
really. And to think that, you know, they knew where it went. They knew when it went down. Yep. Um, but they had no idea where it was lying. And to be found 49 years later. And what about relatives of these blokes? And obviously the surviving relatives would have been informed. Yeah, that's right. Well, um, the... The bloke who was piloting the plane, Lieutenant Bill McDaniel, um, he ended up having a son that he never got to meet. Yeah. Uh, and and his widow was still alive in 2001. Uh, someone had done some research. Yep. So that was interesting. Uh, but she didn't want to talk about it. Her her response was that um, that period of her life was over yep. and she wanted to leave it that way. You can imagine it would be fairly heartbreaking, you know. Oh, absolutely. Newborn baby, uh, yeah. you know, in the prime of your life waiting for, for your husband to turn up and mm. he doesn't. Yeah, it's was very, very and, sad. And you don't find out for 50 years what happened to him. Yeah, it is incredible. And the fact that it was, um, the fact that uh, it, um, it's been, it had been there for so long and nobody had found it. And, you know, you wonder, when did they, obviously they would have started to look for the plane when it happened. I wonder how long they, how, did we know how long before they gave up looking or? No, no, I yeah, don't know that. Don't, yeah. I, I know that up in into the nineties, there were there were blokes who had sort of made it their mission to yeah. go looking for it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's yeah. It, it. It took that control burn off for yeah. it to be, you yeah. know, visible. Yeah. So it was obviously pretty well hidden. Yeah, absolutely, and laid there for forty nine years. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I, I, I just imagine. I mean, you know what? You've you've made my mind up. I'm going to have a look at this thing at some point. Get up there and have a look because it is you got these are parts of parts of our history. This is what the road back segment's all about. We look at things. It's basically a history segment. We just call it the road back, and to remind people of these things and to remind them that you can, although we're a very young country, Australia, we do have a, a rich history, and some of the places that we've spoken about and some of the things that Ruthie's gone back and, and spoken about. It's just amazing to think that um, all this happened here and oh. <laughs> To think that it lay there for forty nine years is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, right. yeah, it's they incredible. say the war didn't come to Australia, but it, but it, yeah, that, oh, did. Yeah, you, know, exactly. you ask the people of Darwin, uh, exactly. You ask the relatives of, of those blokes who, who who went down and never came back. Mm. You know, it's just insane. But there's also plenty of other great stuff to see there as well. There's some rainforest. There's some great camping. Mm. Uh, one of the best lookouts I've ever seen. You know, the coast is eighty k's away, and, and on a good day you can see it from there. Uh, there really is something for everybody. Mm. Yeah, it is unbelievable. And uh, anyway, if you want to check that out for yourself, certainly get up into that region and make it part of a trip. And I always encourage I, – I like it when you do um, any sort of four-wheel drive trip or when you're travelling, always include something like that in it. With a it. purpose. Yeah, yeah and this definitely. is great. Yeah, absolutely, with a purpose. And it could be something – I remember years ago when we went on a trip – yeah, we we walked into the Camo Waterhole, the Billabong from Walsing Matilda. You yeah. go and do those things because you're not going to get the opportunity. You don't want to drive past these sorts no, of, of course things. Not. And if, if you've gone to the trouble and the expense of travelling to remote parts of the country, make take in some of that. The thing that you don't don't drive past some attractions you'll never ever get to look yeah. at again. Oh, that's right. And this is stuff your kids will never forget, and they're not going to hear about this in school. No, hundred percent, exactly. <laughs> Especially these days. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so it's not if you if you're heading north and uh, in North Queensland um, this travel season or whenever, put this in, pencil it in, and and check it out and go for that seven hundred meter walk. If Rico can do that, it was uh, oh, it was an easy walk by my standards. It was an uphill. No, that's all no, right. Downhill both ways, mate. <laughs> <laughs> My kind of walk. Yeah, absolutely. So check it out. So eighty k's west of Gladstone. It's incredible. Yeah, that's right. That is unbelievable. It's not that far away. So you need to go and check it out. It's a good road back this week. You've done a pretty good job filling in for Ruthie on this stuff. 
Oh, thanks, all right. mate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mate, Ruth, like I said, big shoes to fill. If Ruthie's feeling nervous, you should be. All right, that is the road back this week. Don't forget, you can go back and have another listen to that on the podcast. Just go to the usual websites.